0: personally is very authentic and his message is really resonating because he's got
1: a great product behind him. So you're saying he's the guy you date but you don't marry? (laughs) I think you marry Pete Buttigieg but you date Beto. Okay.
2: This has gone a lot of interesting places here. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content following this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana, this is in Focus with Dan Spieler. The president says he's vindicated by a Mueller report that found no evidence of collusion. We'll have reaction from Indiana lawmakers coming up this morning. But we start today at the statehouse where there's more controversy in the debate over hate crime legislation. The new bill does have a list, but some opponents say that list is incomplete. Zach Myers starts our team coverage. THE LATEST VERSION
3: OF INDIANA'S HATE CRIME BILL GETTING SOME BACKLASH WITH CRITICS SAYING HOUSE REPUBLICANS DELIBERATELY AVOIDED PUBLIC DISCUSSION ON THE BILL BECAUSE THEY KNOW uh, that people are paying very close attention to what's going on here at the Statehouse in regards to the hate crimes bill. They know that. On Monday, the hate crime language was added as an amendment to an unrelated bill and called up for a voice vote with no public discussion or record of how representatives voted. Democrat J.D. Ford, an openly gay Indianapolis senator, questioned the move and the language itself saying the list of protected groups included does not include age, gender, or gender identity, and it doesn't go far enough.
4: It tells me that this is continuing spiteful attacks on the, the transgender uh, Hoosiers of our state, and it's simply not, uh, it's not necessary.
3: Republican Wait, Senator Aaron Freeman wrote the amendment to remove a specific list from the Senate hate crime crimes bill. Error. He argues that more general language is most likely to cover all types of bias without leaving any groups out. We need to cover everyone equally, and it needs to get us off the list. I think this bill is going to do both, and I would encourage both sides to hopefully find some common ground and agree on that topic. Governor Eric Holcomb, who has been pushing for a specific list of protections, applauded the action in the House, issuing a statement saying, This measure covers all forms of bias crimes and treats all people equally. Now we need to make sure we get to the finish line and move Indiana off the list of states without a bias crimes law. Still, Indiana Democrats and the ACLU are calling the governor hypocritical for supporting language that doesn't include gender identity.
5: Where is he? Uh, He's the governor of the state of Indiana. He says he's for an inclusive bill. Let's push for an inclusive bill. Why isn't he out around the state pushing
0: this? Transgendered people need to be on that list. We know that they are historically discriminated against, face uh, a lot of violence in that community, and so they must be protected.
2: And that was Zach Myers reporting there. This is the current list that's in the bill right now. While some advocates say that list needs to be longer, some lawmakers tell us they think this bill does cover everyone. Our Haley Bull has more.
6: A commitment to protect Hoosiers from hate crimes has some saying the efforts don't go far enough. The language that was passed is not enough. When you leave out gender, gender identity and age, you're leaving out thousands of Indiana women. Thursday, a representative tried and failed to make an amendment to a measure about academic credits for religious instruction to add a protected class list for any biased crimes, including gender and gender identity. The speaker said it didn't reflect the original intent of that bill. Start of the bill says
5: any recognizable or perceived characteristic or trait, so everyone
2: is
6: covered. Now it's up to the Senate what happens next.
2: Not really ready to say exactly
4: what we're going to be able to do with that. We're having lots of discussions about it. We'll probably know right about the first of next week. We would urge, as I've said, as I stated, is take the bill to conference committee. Let's try to get those those uh, categories
6: into the list. But for some groups asking for more specific protections. Everyone in the LGBTQ community needs to be protected and right now, um, they're not. Reporting at the State House, Haley Booth.
2: We have more on the hate crime debate on our website. Just click on in Focus.
0: The collusion delusion is over.
2: That was President Trump at a campaign rally in Michigan Thursday night as Washington now reacts to the Mueller report, or at least what we know of it so far. The White House celebrating the initial findings released by the attorney general last weekend. But does the AG's summary tell the whole story? This past week, our Bob Donaldson spoke with Indiana native Mark Lauder, who's now the director of strategic communications
5: for the Trump campaign. What is the mood at the White House in the wake of that report being released from the attorney general?
7: I think everyone in the White House and uh, on the president's reelection campaign are, are pleased that this is finally over with. And after two years of nonstop uh, lies about what this president is and misinformation, the truth is finally out there. No collusion, no obstruction.
5: The president has said that this is total vindication for him, but Mr. Mueller did not rule on the obstruction issue. Why didn't Mr. Mueller rule on that issue and leave it for the attorney general to make that determination?
7: Well, I'm not quite sure why uh, the special counsel decided to uh, to handle it that way. That's something that will obviously be asked of him at a later time. But the key is, is this is now two additional opportunities. Neither the special counsel nor the attorney general decided to pursue obstruction charges based on the evidence at hand. And that's why this reinforces what the president is saying and that it's total vindication.
5: And so now the decision is going to be how much of the Mueller report will be released. The president has said in the past that he is very supportive of the Mueller report being released or at least as much as can be legally released. Is that still the administration's position today?
7: Uh, yes, and you heard that today from the president at the White House. It was also what the attorney general said in his letter to Congress yesterday. There's some very important things we have to remember that federal law, long-time guidelines of the Department of Justice apply here in that you can't release classified information or sources. You can't release grand jury testimony. It's considered secret. And then there's also a long-standing policy about not releasing information, that would be unflattering to people who are not charged with crimes, and that's something the attorney general has said that he upholds, and so he's now going to work with the, with the special counsel to have that information removed, but still release as much information as possible.
5: Why does the administration feel that that's important to do?
7: These are long-standing customs, norms, and in some cases, uh, laws governing these kinds of things. And when Democrats are out there saying that the whole thing should be released along with the underlying evidence, that's just another example of how, when they don't like the answer, they seek to change the rules, whether it's the Electoral College or packing the Supreme Court, letting 16-year-olds and illegals vote. Or now, in this case, once again, when the rules run against them, they just opt to change the rules. And that's just not something we're going to do. And given
5: that, do you anticipate that the congressional uh, investigations will move forward and continue to be aggressive?
7: Well, obviously, the Democrats control the House, so they'll, they'll continue uh, their investigations. Uh, but when you think about it, this is Bob Mueller had 19 attorneys. He had 40 FBI agents, forensic experts. 2,800 subpoenas, 500 search warrants. He interviewed 500 people in 13 different countries. Not exactly sure what the House Democrats think they're going to uncover, what Bob Mueller couldn't.
5: How much more effective does the administration feel it can be now that the Mueller report is behind them?
7: I think it's going to allow, hopefully, the, the the national media to stop focusing on just Russia, 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 and actually start focusing on some of the good things that are going on in this administration, like people's paychecks going up, more jobs being created uh, than any point we have more un- we have more jobs. Than we do unemployed people. These are the kinds of success stories the president wants to talk about. It's also what he's going to be campaigning on. And maybe now that you know everything about Russia is not going to dominate the news, uh, the mainstream media will actually get around saying some of the good things that are going on.
5: Now there are some that say the obstruction question is still lingering out there. Does the administration feel that that has been resolved as well in addition to the collusion allegations?
7: Well you know Bob uh, having grown up in Indiana I I remember being raised in in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty and not only was he not proven guilty there wasn't enough information to even file a charge Uh, and both the special counsel didn't offer charges and neither did the attorney general and the experts that he consulted. So uh, I believe the, the president's been fully vindicated on this matter. And because the attorney general, the Department of Justice, decided that that information or the evidence was insufficient to offer, uh, offer a charge. So I think uh, he'll be right to, to call that out and to move forward uh, now that we've got this behind us.
2: Meantime, this statement from Vice President Mike Pence. This total vindication of the president and our campaign should be welcomed by every every American who cherishes the truth and integrity of our elections. He adds the American people can be confident that the president and our entire administration will continue to focus where we always have on issues most important to our country. And from Indiana Congressman Andre Carson, Attorney General Barr's summary of the special counsel's report is just that, a summary. It is his assessment of the information provided, made in just two days and unchecked by any outside source. And as it stands now, he says the summary is far from a full exoneration of the president or his inner circle. Up next, a lot of discussion in D.C. this week about health care. Also, a lot of talk about the race for president. More buzz for South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg. That's next. Welcome back. Time to bring in our panel right now. Two former state lawmakers with us today, Republican Mike Murphy, Democrat Christina Hale, 2016 vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign, Tony Samuel and Democratic strategist Laura Beck. Let's start with the Mueller probe, kind of a victory lap this week for the president. The question now is, is this indeed the end of the story? Well,
4: first of all, it's his best week in two years, in my opinion. So we have to give him that right off the bat. Second of all, there's uh, other investigations related or semi-related in Washington, New York, the Southern District of New York. We don't know how those are going to turn out. So I can guarantee those Democrats won't give up. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, lot of uh, ammunition, so to speak, and they'll keep investigating until the cows come home. Well, will Democrats keep
2: investigating?
1: Oh, I think absolutely they will. I mean, clearly this has been highly politicized for some time, but there's also a great deal just of public curiosity. People want to know what's in the actual report. They want to read the hundreds of pages. Um, This was a very thorough, very thorough investigation. There's a lot of information yet we just don't know.
2: 400 pages. Apparently we learned on Friday that uh, apparently come mid-April, we may see more details from the Mueller report with the AG possibly testifying in May. Tony, your, your reaction here this week.
8: Well, after two years and, and more than that and $30 million spent and us talking about it on the show and and, and, and this hurting the president's ability to, to get things done a little bit, although he's gotten a tremendous amount done, but hurting his uh, poll numbers, this is a total vindication, total exoneration. It shows that this is actually the biggest political scam, I think, in american history that's been pulled on the american people and they're learning now so this is a, a, a turning point not just for the president but for the american people for his agenda uh, it's going to help him with his reelection it's going to help him with his approval it's going to help him get more things done and, and that's the best thing about
2: this. larry your response to that uh, did democrats get over their skis at all on the 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 priority put on the Mueller report in recent months? I don't think
0: so. I don't think think that's the case at all. Um, I think if there's anyone who is responsible for low poll numbers, it's Donald Trump. Um, He unfortunately has put himself in a position um, for these poll numbers and for uh, for this activity. Uh, Going back to the discussion about the report, I think what the Democrats are advocating now for is very common sense. the bar summary is just that. It's a summary. It's a couple pages um, done by a political appointee who uh, was not in favor of the probe anyway to begin with. And by making the report public, as the president has said he's okay with, uh, gives everyone an opportunity to really do a victory lap and say there's total exoneration, if that's the case. Um, I'm just glad that no one colluded with the Russians. I think that was very positive news. But at the same time, until we see that report, we really don't, can't really say whether or not it's an exoneration. And
2: how much of the report will we see? That's another question as well.
0: I
8: think most, most of it, there might be some things that have to be redacted for, uh, for uh, security reasons for, based on other, other things that are being investigated. But I think the best part about this, Democrats, although they want to see the report, and we all do and we should, and the president said that's, that's the, what he wants as well, you might see a lot that points back at where this thing got started, with the uh, collusion on the, the, the Democrat side, along with the media, uh, the, the the FBI, the, the, uh, the scandal at the top of the FBI, and the Obama Justice Department, and that's going to need to come out as what well. What questions do you think still
2: linger here?
1: Well, I think a question really for Tony, actually, is I hear you talk a great deal about total vindication, but would you at least say that the president now has been proven to hang out with some really shady characters I mean there are a lot of people now going to jail so uh, some of his nearest and some, dearest.
8: Some of those folks that uh, the, the, you know, you're right that have gone to jail or? for crimes committed well before uh, this campaign well before this campaign and nobody being indicted for anything to do with Russians or Russian collusion. And that's the key point here. Some polling
2: numbers here from uh, CBS News. We want to show you people being asked should the full report be released? Uh, 90% of Democrats, 60% of Republicans say yes. Overall, that's 77% uh, uh, of voters who say yes, it uh, should be released. So there's the Mueller report out there, guys. Meantime, uh, some Democrats also pivoting this week, turning the conversation to health care a- as well. Some Republican senators apparently, quote, uh, blindsided, according to The Hill, uh, caught completely off guard, according to this article, by the president's uh, renewed push this past week to repeal and replace Obamacare. Some complaining that it's a dumb political strategy heading into 2020 on the heels of, Mike, what you described as a pretty good week for the president after uh, the release of Barr's summary.
4: Well, sometimes the president can't handle prosperity. If I were him, I would take three. Three weeks of victory laps to celebrate the Mueller report, Um, but he's not going to do that, and that's his nature. And you're not going to change him. Kevin McCarthy told the president just a few days ago, it's not wise to move forward on health care right now, and you know kevin's a very experienced legislator for many many years and i would i would trust his opinion and does that then
2: become a central issue on the campaign trail in 2020
1: Oh, i think it absolutely will i mean it's been a central issue on the campaign trail for years now and it's something that people still deal with every day everybody knows someone with a pre-existing condition everybody loves somebody who has uh... some kind of health issue at some point in their lives and it's going to continue to be um at the forefront of of families forever.
2: So speaking of 2020, uh, talking about the race for president, and check out this poll from Iowa this past week. South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg in double digits in, in third place in this poll behind Biden and Sanders, kind of outperforming other recent polls, which do also have him surging, not to this degree. Vanessa Yurkovich has more today from the campaign trail.
4: Morning, Good morning, sir. Pete Buttigieg. Air? Good to
6: know yes, you. sure. Presidential hopeful Pete Buttigieg is having a moment, and even he seems surprised by it.
4: It is heady and and it's uh, you know it's happened
5: very quickly.
6: And he's capitalizing on his rising star from his latest appearance on The View. So the last time South Bend, Indiana Indiana Mayor and Democratic Presidential hopeful Pete Buttigieg was here, we are like, Pete who, and how do you say that name? To the morning talk radio show, The Breakfast Club. Pete Buttigieg. The South Bend, Indiana Mayor's Exploratory Committee hauled in $1 million from two recent fundraising emails, on top of the 600000 it raised in the 24 hours after a CNN town hall appearance with Jake Tapper earlier this month. I know that it's
2: more con- uh, traditional to maybe come from Congress, to have a background in Washington, but I would also argue that We would be well-served if Washington started to look more like our best-run cities and towns rather than the other way around.
6: Google searches for the mayor have also increased since the town hall. And he's seeing larger crowds, like in South Carolina this weekend. Thank you. What a crowd. Part of his pitch to voters is offering bold reforms, such as expanding the Supreme Court and eliminating the Electoral College.
2: One thing I believe is that in an American presidential election, person who gets the most votes ought to be the person who wins.
6: But it's not just his policies attracting attention. The 37-year-old Mary Gay Mayor talks openly on the trail about his personal faith, along with a message of unity, even when it comes to the politics of Chick-fil-A.
7: What about Chick-fil-A? You like Chick-fil-A? I do not
2: approve of their politics, but I, I kind of approve of their chicken. So maybe, maybe if nothing else, I can build that bridge.
6: If elected, judge would be a president of many firsts the youngest openly gay Afghanistan war veteran. Thank you.
2: All right, so Laura, I'll start with you. Are you surprised to to the degree to which he seems to be surging and and gaining more national attention here?
0: Actually not at all. Um, I think Mayor Pete's terrific. I'm probably a little biased. Um, I'm a huge fan of his uh, for a number of reasons, but I have long said that there is such a hunger in our party for a Midwestern uh, leader and we are so often overlooked by democrats on the coast and i think that's one of the things that the deep triple c is doing in terms of congress this year really trying to work in competitive districts to recruit people i know you're seeing that war on the senate side as well so this is, he is really speaking to, uh, to the population in a way that we aren't normally spoken to. And
2: Tony, he's also making the point that uh, the election shouldn't be about Donald Trump, uh, perhaps more so than other Democratic candidates. What do you make of that? What do you make of his candidacy? Well, I
8: think good for him. Um, nothing wrong with him uh, rising in the polls. Uh, I think it'll ebb and flow. I think others will, will catch up, and you'll see this back and forth, up and down for, for several months. But good for him. He's got a good message, I think, compared, especially compared to some of the other candidates.
2: We've got to talk here also about the controversy at the state house this week with the hate crime debate taking more interesting turns. And a lot of people also wondering about uh, Governor Holcomb's position on this latest version of the bill. He said this past week he does support this latest bill. Uh, earlier in the session had been saying he wanted to see the full
5: list.
1: Yeah, um, it was really a, quite a pivot, and I think it... Um, took a lot of people by surprise and a lot of people are very disappointed particularly from the business community that really rallied around something that was common sense but spoke to the heart um in the mind of all Hoosiers something that we really needed I know uh, Mike Murphy's not gonna agree with me here but certainly he Absolutely called out for the list. He didn't get the list, and he has changed his we'll give you position.
2: word on this here.
4: Quickly. Well, I think a lot of people are disappointed, and frankly, a lot of people are happy. What, is come, what he has come up with and now endorses is a very common sense list. That has been in statute. The preamble talks in very broad terms about protecting everyone, which it should talk about. Uh, Governor Holcomb, if nothing else, is a very sharp pragmatist. I think he's leading the state well. We'll talk
2: more about that on our podcast as well as some other headlines involving the governor this week. Up next, talking about a couple of controversies in two local mayoral races in Indianapolis and in Carmel. Stick around. We're back right after this. The race for mayor heating up in local cities across Indiana. And we start in Indy, where State Senator Jim Merritt held another press conference this week talking about potholes. By the way, next week, our Bob Donaldson will ride around town with Senator Merritt talking about that issue. There's also big news this week in the mayoral race in Carmel, with Mayor Jim Brainerd facing bribery allegations. Hamilton County Democrats calling for an election board investigation. Brainerd's Republican challenger, Fred Glynn, says someone from Mayor Brainerd's
5: campaign offered to pay him $140,000 to drop out of the race. I told him, no, I wasn't going to take that. He, told, he, he pushed me real hard. He said, look, a bird in the hand, a bird in the hand, you, you should probably take this. I said, no. Spokesperson
2: for Mayor Brainerd said neither him nor the mayor were ever at such a meeting and called the claim politics at its worst, saying voters will see right through it. We'll stay on top of the developments as we get closer to the May primary. And we're back with this week's winners and losers right after this. Winners and losers, to wrap it up, Laura, you're first.
0: Uh, winner is Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and loser is Governor Holcomb, didn't have a good week.
8: Winner President Trump, not just for being vindicated from the Mueller report, but also for taking on health care. I think it's the right thing to do, and he wants to get it done before the election.
1: Losers, ever all Hoosier women, and everyone left out of the hate crimes legislation. Winners, supporters of Special Olympics, that got that funding restored. You get
4: the last word. All winners this week: President Trump for surviving the Mueller report, and Pete Buttigieg for having the courage to say he likes Chick Fil A. How about that? Thanks
2: for joining us. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. All right, talking more here on the podcast with Laura Beck, Tony Samuel, Christina Hale, Mike Murphy. Uh, We we talked there about the hate crime debate at the end of our segment on the panel. I didn't get down the table to you, Laura. Um, Your thoughts this week on on how everything uh, transpired and where we could be headed next. We did have the Anti-Defamation League also this week Mm -hmm. saying they don't think this current bill, uh, Senate Bill 198, right, Right. would actually take Indiana off of their list. Where, Where are we headed here?
0: I don't know where we're headed. Um, but what is really unfortunate, and Christina mentioned this um, earlier on the show, what's really unfortunate is the way the law is written right now, and Representative Kerry Hamilton um, put out some information on this on Friday, that women are not covered. So if Christina and I are victims of a hate crime, we're not covered under this because the list has been taken out. And it's really unfortunate because the governor made this such a cornerstone of his legislative agenda this year and to acquiesce to the more conservative wing of his party because they don't like the LGBTQ part uh, is really incredibly unfortunate, and it doesn't move the ball forward at all. So there still is time in the session. Hopefully it can get worked out, um, but it remains to be seen. Is this as opinion. far
2: as Republicans will go on this bill, do you think, or is there? Is I, th- there I think there? so. I think A couple of things.
8: I don't think the Senate is going to um, backtrack on where, what came out of the Senate uh, any more than... Going for this house bill if they do that, and I, I think they will. Um, the Senate bill that's now in the House. The, it gets so complicated. It goes back. The From what right. passed right. in the Senate and now <laughs> right, what, right. the version that's now coming out of the House, which would go back to right, the Senate. Right. Exactly. I don't think that the Senate will uh, make any changes to appease the side that's right. not happy. Right. I guess maybe that's They'll concur point. with it. The They'll change. concur. Sure. Yeah. If 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 at all, but I think they will. And now as far as the business groups go, the State Chamber has said... Let's kind of take a mixed this.
2: response from business yeah. groups
8: Yes, and and, yeah. and, uh, and a mixed response from business groups, mm-hmm. but the State Chamber is backing this. I think if we go back to what Speaker Boswell was saying at the beginning of session, he was warning, "Don't let, um, don't, let getting, uh, don't let it be an all or nothing if you can get something out of this. And I think what he did, although it's easy to criticize, I think it was a brilliant move to get something out of the house. I don't think it would have happened if he
2: hadn't done what he did. You guys talked a bit about this on the show this this last week, um, this BMV story and how that kind of behind the scenes may have played an impact on this conversation here somewhat.
1: I think so. I think um Regarding
2: Met, license plates and gender- Exactly, well, I guess it was driver's licenses. So the BMV the
1: came out license. and said, no, we're going to recognize Bang. the third gender and you can uh, apply for your license. With a lower standard than had been to change your gender with a lower standard, um, that was much more convenient and made much more sense for um, the population of people that that want to avail themselves of this, and uh, they tried to walk it back. And I think it spooked people because they felt out of control. And having, you know, I think Mike would agree with me on this. Having served in the legislature there are a lot of people that want to control everything within the different administrative units and they felt out of control and wanted to...
2: Speaker Bosma said last week at his press conference that that complicated things, I can't explain but it just it just did, it complicated well it complicates
4: things because as I always say eighty percent of the legislation that passes in the state house is actually based on emotion, not facts the fact are the two things were separate um, the, the, the people who, who filed a petition to have X on their driver's license pointed to a rule that had been in effect since 2009. And BMV, with the governor's approval, said, yeah, we have to, we have to obey our own rules. And so that's why they granted it. it had nothing to do substance-wise with the, the hate crimes bill. And as far as the hate crimes, um, you know, not mentioning women, it doesn't mention age either. So we're, we're we're going to discriminate against old people, young people, 14 year olds, 12 year olds, anybody that could be attacked because they're twelve or thirteen or ninety-one or two, right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of, I guess maybe missing parts, but I think the the hero in this whole thing is Representative Steuerwald. Last fall I said that this would develop this way and eventually Stewartwald's bill would prevail, and it's going to prevail you know for the most part is going to prevail and i agree with tony the senate's not going to take this back on again they've had their debate they're going to concur and and most sides are going to declare victory the other thing i want to point out too quickly is also quickly is that coalitions always fall apart somebody always breaks away and cuts a deal and the chamber has cut a deal
1: now i think mike you're absolutely right about a motion this did pivot on emotion um, particularly with the tipping point with the drivers licenses but i don't understand your point about age i mean that is an absolute well, she, universal at, at the, some point everybody's going to be young and if you're lucky you get to be middle aged and more it than is. half the
4: people are going to be women
1: but don't forget that but that's not you, everybody is it don't no. forget so that
0: though, is, when you go yeah. into the i'm sorry to interrupt you when you go into um, when you go into age there actually are sentencing enhancements already in place um, in the legislature if a child is a victim so if if someone you know murders a child there's a sentencing enhancement that is in place that already can be applied and and there's
4: already elements of the law that make room for a judge to consider bias so I I think that
0: the issue here is is gonna be is if this does get through and you have folks declare victory and I don't know if all coalitions fall apart I don't think Freedom Indiana fell apart Um,
4: chamber was part of Freedom Indiana
0: but but Freedom, Indiana did not fall apart. Um, I think, though, if you're looking at it from the perspective, what's going to happen is when this actually, if this is so watered down, what's going to happen when it actually is put into play and a prosecutor has to use it? Um, will it even work? That's the challenge. I, I think it will
8: work. I agree with Mike, Representative Sturwald, deserves a, a lot of credit. He points out, I think rightly, that this allows for bias to be an aggravator, going back to the other code that then shows that the judge can use this aggravator to enhance sentences and it'll cover all groups and not allow for any groups to be um, not included which which could happen if there's a list.
1: But one of the points that the business community rightly makes is that we want to attract and cultivate talent of all, of all mm-hmm. shapes and sizes here in Indiana and they see this bill as a big mistake because it telegraphs to other parts of the world that we are not inclusive, we are not welcoming, and we're already working under the weight of RIFRA and how that really harmed our state's reputation, um, that that piece, you know, aside from the functioning of the bill, one of the business mm-hmm. reasons why they wanted it is still at play. Yeah. They're well, not do you, satisfied.
4: Christina, do you do you endorse the fact that they took out law enforcement officers as a protected class?
1: Oh, you're just getting silly. You brought up that you have brought up that point since the beginning, and you've been saying that you personally, I believe, would have been a piece of that because you were the relative of Of a a law enforcement officer, which was in there at one
0: point. From a personal standpoint, um, I spent many years consulting with Prosecutor Curry, and law enforcement officers really should be protected um, especially in the current climate they're in.
4: And um, what about firefighters? Everybody should be
8: protected if if, exactly. if there is, that's and my and point that's everybody should be protected.
4: If we start naming people if we start naming every single, you know, red-headed people, dark-headed people, people but, that are bald, people that are not bald then we end up with nothing better, in my opinion, than the, than the license plate law we have. We have I'm 142 going ball, you're license i not sure plates.
8: if you're going to go, ball but you're going. Ball I think the biggest minutes. issue right. is
0: that the Republican Party just is—they—they they cannot <laughs> get their head wrapped around LGBTQ issues. They—they they just can't. Um, and corporate America has moved so far beyond that. Um, most of America has, but the folks in our legislature have not.
2: All right, it's going to be an interesting debate playing out there in the halls of the State House with really just weeks remaining now yeah. in this legislative session. A lot Less to get it done, a lot of headlines that continue to come um, at the State House, no doubt, pretty quickly. Um, also, obviously, the news in Washington this week and the Mueller probe. We're obviously at a point where the Trump campaign, Tony Samuel, those uh, uh, at the table who are Trump supporters uh, feel very vindicated. We will see what happens in the weeks to come if, if yeah. more news emerges on the Mueller report and some of the specific details that may be contained in it.
8: Yeah, vindicated, and I said that you know on the, on the TV segment, um, little, the president's pointing that out and he'll continue to, but it's also kind of just a shame that we've gone through this, considering um, how it started and the origins of it were, um, uh, were a false narrative, and uh, folks that, that uh, could be uh, looking like they could be tried for treason. Um, and, and, and the president's gotten a lot done, He's had a lot of obstacles, so hopefully this is a turning point where the people that just hate Trump so much that they would go to, to different lengths to, to, to try to ruin his presidency will now give him a chance, at least the folks that are in the middle that are independent-minded uh, give him a chance these last couple of
2: years. Does, uh, I, I mean, You saw the polling the 77% of people do want to see what's in the Mueller report, but at some point, um, what's the smart move for Democrats politically in terms of, Pursuing uh, the details that are that are within that report, as we're also, you know, moving ahead now to 2020 in many in many circumstances.
0: Well, we are moving ahead to 2020, um, but there are key pieces of the Mueller report that just haven't been released. I mean, a three-page or four-page summary, however many pages it is, just isn't isn't really enough. I mean, when you think about the fact that we all could read the Kim Starr report. I had to explain to my grandma that I wasn't going into detail with her. She had to read the report because I wasn't going to. You made her. your
2: grandmother read My the grandmother kept asking all
0: these questions. keep talking about I don't this want to in the tell report. You about and it. finally, I was you like, Grandma, you just need to read the report. Just read the report. But, I mean, we read the 9 11 report was published in yeah, a book. Um, right. This was, I mean, the Ken Starr report was on the internet when, you know, not everybody had that. So exactly. I, I don't understand why. And even the president is saying, hey, I've been totally exonerated. Let's put it out there I'm um, sure there are probably pieces in there that are confidential but it there we certainly
1: were on the 9-11 to report There's to your point. Yeah, yeah. there certainly were.
0: So at this point in time, um, it, it doesn't, I, I think it actually probably benefits the president to be transparent on it. Um, for Democrats, I think Democrats have to continue focusing on um, issues like health care. They have to keep focusing on the various issues that got them elected in the first place. Which is easy to focus
2: on this week. It right, was put exactly. squarely back in the Right, exactly. Impeachment did
0: not get everyone, right. uh, get, get everyone in office. And I think that when you see someone like a Pete Buttigieg who's picking up momentum um, in the polls. That, I think that's promising because I think that shows where rank-and-file Democrats want the party to go. Um, getting into a long-heated impeachment, art, impeachment um, fight is, is not going to get us anywhere, frankly. And um, I, I think for some Democrats, The release of the Mueller report was actually a bit of a wake-up call because they're not going to be able to use that. They've got to continue to to articulate their message. So in some ways, I think it's actually positive for our party because we really have to get coalesced around um, where we're going into 2020.
2: And we talked about Pete Buttigieg on the program, 2020, of the momentum that he seems to be gaining in Iowa Uh, I've even heard people say, "Is he peaking too soon?"
1: Well, we do (laughs) like to build up our heroes and then tear them down. Sometimes, (laughs) admittedly, Um, this is going to be a long campaign trail. But what's interesting about Pete, too, is he's not known for being some incredibly accomplished order. He's known for being an intellectual, Mm -hmm. a thinker, somebody who can get things done. Someone very practical who cares about curbs and sewers just as much, you know, as economic development. So. I think it's really interesting, um, and actually, Lara made an excellent point earlier. There is this hunger for wholesome, uh, Midwestern leaders in the Democrat Party, and mm-hmm. certainly, people are getting a taste of what that might look like in a presidential candidate. You've
2: got some roots there in South Bend. Well, I, I have said it frequently
4: on this show. Pete Buttigieg is the best mayor South Bend has had in 60 years. Now, that's not a very hard bar because we've had a lot of really bad mayors, and the city's had a lot of problems You want to go toe-to-toe
0: over Joe Kernan? (laughs) College Football Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah, You want to
4: go toe-to-toe? Let's talk about the College Football Hall of Fame and the failure that was. But anyhow, all the government money that went into it. But um, the fact is that he likely will not be the nominee. He'd be a great vice presidential nominee. I'd love to see he and uh, Mike Pence go at it in That'd Indianapolis. That'd be an interesting debate, right? Actually, a vice presidential that would be, it would be a lot of fun. Could, to could that you one?
0: imagine Pete Buttigieg and his husband taking over uh, the vice president resident from uh, Governor it would Pence? Be, it would be vice wild. President Pence and Mrs. Pence?
4: There was a lady, by the way, quoted in political yesterday, who went to both imagine. a Buttigieg <laughs> dinner and a, a, a <laughs> Beto O'Rourke, and she said, Beto O'Rourke, Fires you up, but Pete Buttigieg has
0: substance. I think we all dated somebody like Beto in college, really. And (laughs) frankly, I just seriously, who didn't date a Beto in college? I mean, you know it. Did he's, he hit you in the face
8: when he was trying to talk to you? He <laughs> just does
0: not. I, I really just—it's funny. Anyone with the, I talk with to, the hand motion. But anyone in my age group who <laughs> I talk to about Beto, it's just like kind of a roll of the eyes. I, he's sort of the the flash that he's sort of the star that will probably burn out brightly, and and that's what's been heartening with uh, Mayor Pete's message is that it's. He personally is very authentic and his message is really resonating because he's got a great product behind him. So you're saying he's the guy you date but you don't marry? I think you married okay. Pete Buttigieg, okay. but you date Beto. Okay.
2: This has gone a lot of you. interesting Sorry. places I here. I mean, <laughs> i the the Oh, minutes. but you know,
1: now, now we get to spend 20 minutes on Brexit, right? Oh, sure, yeah, of course, Friday. yeah, okay.
2: right, a lot yeah, of news yeah. there on <laughs> Friday as well on Brexit. good my thing good. about CNN
8: viewers, I've noticed, is they're learning all kinds of things about Brexit. They didn't know now that CNN has toned down the attacks on Trump, or had to tone down the attacks on Trump. we'll
0: put on some, we'll
3: get
1: my violin. No, it's true. It's true.
4: We <laughs> have to go back to regular news.
2: Yeah. Well, there's plenty really, to discuss, no yeah. doubt about that. We'll continue to discuss it right here, guys. Thank you so much Mike Murphy, Christina Hale, Tony Samuel, Laura Beck. We'll see you all again Thanks. next week and go Purdue. Yeah. Hopefully Purdue. they can We're taping this Friday. Hopefully they can get it done Saturday. Yep. Go into the final yep. 4, right? Great. Well, up. Exciting. All right. We'll see you next week.